T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, DMV? You know who it is. Youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. Here with you live and local on 106.7 The Fan. And always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Ride with me. For the next three and a half hours here on this New Year's Eve Eve edition of Overtime. The final Overtime of 2022. If you're out there getting ready for your Friday night festivities, appreciate you tapping in. We'll have a good one. And boy, are we going to close out the year with a bang here locally uh, on the sports front. The Commanders obviously have their huge game with the Browns on New Year's Day. And really... For the third straight week, a game for Washington, that's basically a pseudo-playoff game for the boys, right? I mean, the two Giants games, the game that they just played uh, against the San Francisco 49ers, and then again, this week against Cleveland. The boys have been in playoff mode for about a month now. Sunday, New Year's Day, they get the opportunity at home uh, to really try and continue to punch their ticket to the postseason. They'll need some help uh, to clinch the playoffs on Sunday. We'll get to that uh, as the show rolls on as well. But yeah, man, the Washington Commanders, huge game Sunday. It looks like we'll finally get to be introduced to the new mascot of the team uh, based on a lot of reports and some of the things that have been leaked. Clearly, it is a hog. Nothing wrong with that, though. It all sets up for what is a huge weekend, a huge New Year's weekend uh, here locally uh, for not only the Commanders, but the Washington Capitals as well. They're starting to turn things around and have been playing great hockey over the past two weeks. Um, the Capitals really getting it done. Finally, you know, starting to see some healthy bodies back. So the hope is they can get it cranked up before the start of the new year. Their roommate over at Cap One Arena, the Wizards, they've been in their jam lately as well. They're set to tip off at about 7 o'clock tonight. They're in Orlando taking on the Magic. So the hope is, you know, all the teams in the DMV can get it cranked up uh, to start the new year, Coach Locks and the Terps. They got a big win earlier today in the Dukes Mayo Bowl uh, over NC State. So basically what I'm saying, the whole DMV winning uh, heading into 2022. I mentioned the Washington Capitals, Taki hot as of late, and really have turned things around. They were on a five-game winning streak uh, in winners of 10 out of their last 12 heading into last night's game against the Senators. Super environment. Uh, at Cap One Arena. Unfortunately, though, good guys coming up short in overtime, 4-3. to three. Good news, though. Alex Ovechkin scored his 23rd goal of the season in 803rd of his career for Washington. Again, Kuznetsov uh, and Dylan Strom lit the lamp for D.C. as well. But one thing's for certain, two things for sure, the great eight going to light the lamp. 
Hathaway looking for Van Riemsdyk deflected back onto the Washington side of center. Gustafson sends him the captain. Ovechkin alone fires. Score! Alex Ovechkin. Joe Beninati on the call for NBC Sports Washington. An event-filled capital season. Alex Ovechkin getting to goal number 803 on the career last night. Up next for the Caps, they host the Montreal Canadiens uh, tomorrow afternoon. NFL Week 17 uh, got kicked off last night in Tennessee. Strange situation where the Titans made the mysterious and bizarre decision to bench their rookie quarterback, Malik Willis, who's been starting in place of the injured Ryan Tannehill. Instead, the Titans going with the ultimate backup in Josh Dobbs. Uh, he's actually what I like to call the mega backup. Because guess what? Josh Dobbs, before last night on Thursday Night Football, had never started a game in his NFL career. And, oh, I forgot to mention the team that we're going up against. The 11-4 Dallas Cowboys, who right now are fighting for the number one seed in the NFC, despite the sense of urgency for Dallas and the Titans, you know, benching every important starter. Dallas only leading 17-13 heading into the fourth quarter. Ultimately, Dak and the boys made just enough plays to pull away. But like I said, Dak Prescott, another multi-turnover performance, two pickles and a fumble. And look, I don't want to hit the panic button yet, but I'm starting to get concerned with the turnover situation going on in Big D. The question is, how concerned is Dak Prescott? Yeah, I mean, to be able to play this position, uh, you've got to have a short-term memory. Um, whether the interception you feel is your fault, not your fault, whether you throw it to the guy uh, and uh, lose out on points before half or not, you've got to be able to turn the page uh, and just move on. Uh, and I mean, I, that, that's something that, honestly, I mean, I take pride in. Obviously, you know, you're not trying to have that adversity or cause that adversity, but um, good or bad, uh, I'm on to the next play, and that's just uh, I think that's an example of it there, and just not only me, but the, but the whole team. And uh, defense, obviously, stepping up, making plays when, when those unfortunate things happen, and then the offense, everybody, all 11, getting on and uh, just saying, let's, let's get, back to, get back on the horse and get rolling. That's Dak talking to the media postgame after their Thursday night football win against the Titans, a game in which, like we just said, two interceptions, and a fumble, and it really seems like the turnovers for Dak Prescott eventually may come back and bite this group when they have to play against some stiffer competition. Since returning to the lineup in week number eight, Dak Prescott has the worst interception to attempt ratio in the National Football League uh, at 4.3%. The other guys that round out the top five in this list, Davis Mills, Zach Wilson, Derek Carr, and Marcus Mariota. So if you're Dak Prescott, anytime you're being mentioned in the same light as quarterbacks like that, obviously uh, something not going well for you. But hey, look, I appreciate Dak. What's he supposed to say in that situation, right? Another interception that he threw last night, it was a drop by Peyton Hendershot. ends up getting picked off. We've seen a couple of those situations like that for Dak Dak Prescott uh, over the last couple of weeks, and I respect the calm demeanor because that's what they need right now. But for me, like I said, I'm not hitting the panic button yet, but I sure as hell am concerned about what the hell is going on with the turnovers there in Dallas. Like I said, they will not be able to overcome those mistakes uh, in the playoffs. And I'm not trying to put it all on Dak because we've seen the drops, like I mentioned. We, we've seen guys you know, not be on the same page. But the bottom line is, and you all know this, the team that turns it over the least amount of times normally wins in the playoffs. And right now, like I mentioned, the Dallas Cowboys fighting to potentially you know, grab the number one seed in the uh, NFC. Philadelphia obviously stands in their way. 
Dallas going to need to win out and then have Philadelphia have a hiccup uh, in the last two games of the season. But I don't know, man. It just it surprised me that the game was even that close. Like I mentioned, Dallas only holding a four-point lead heading into the fourth quarter. And it's one of those situations where I told you it was mysterious, weird, bizarre, <laughs> uh, talking about what the Tennessee Titans were doing. You bench Malik Willis, who was your third-round pick this year in the draft, and you bench him in favor of Josh Dobbs, a guy who, like I mentioned, had never started a game before in the National Football League. And in a big game like that for the Tennessee Titans, they decide to go with uh, to go with Dobbs. And it's one of those situations where if you're Dallas, you got to go out and whip the Tennessee Titans. No Derrick Henry, countless other starters not playing. It just felt like Dallas wasn't ready to play. And they've had this happen to them over the past couple of weeks. Yes, they had the win against Philadelphia, but there's an asterisk next to it because it was no Jalen Hurts. We saw them almost lose to the Colts. We saw them play the, te- the Texans close. We saw them lose uh, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Dallas Cowboys right now are not playing their best football uh, as we continue to inch toward the postseason. That's really why I'm concerned uh, with that group moving forward. Dak Prescott and the turnovers, hopefully they figure it out. If they can't, might be another early exit uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll preview the best games of the Week 17 slate later on in the show, but you all know how I get down to the people show. Tap in with me all show long, one of two ways. MGM National Harbor Listener Lines wide open, 1-800-636-1067. You can tweet at me as well, at N-E-L-L underscore BTP here on this New Year's Eve Eve edition of Overtime. Before we get out of here, we'll get a chance to talk some Wizards as well. Chase Hughes of NBC Sports Washington set to join the show in the 9 o'clock hour. We'll hear from David Harrison as well, co-host of the Locked On Commanders podcast. That's at 8 o'clock. We'll see how he's feeling heading into Sunday's big matchup. Speaking of Sunday's big game, Commanders, Browns, pseudo playoff game for Washington. We found out earlier in the week, though, that a new quarterback could be under center and will be under center for D.C. Carson Wentz getting the start for the first time in over two months. Now that the decision has been made, how confident are you that Carson Wentz will be able to lead this group to the postseason? I'll tell you what I think. Next is the fan. After being out the past two months with a broken finger, going to get the start Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. And like I mentioned, haven't seen him in two months. Plenty of rust. Uh, but there's two sides to that coin when talking about Carson Wentz and you know what type of faith or confidence you have in him Sunday against Cleveland. We know this, though. Carson can do a lot of different things for this Washington Commanders offense that you know maybe Taylor Heineke did not allow you to do, or he simply just does it better than Taylor Heineke. We know the arm talent is better for Carson Wentz. And I'm not just talking about pushing the football vertically when I talk about the arm talent. It's about fitting the ball into these tight windows and making the tight window throws, uh, which could ultimately help this team's red zone struggles. Because right now, inside the 20s, you know, a lot less than to be, you know, a lot to be desired there on that side of the football. They're struggling to score points, and really that's been their Achilles heel uh, of this stretch run. Yes, they were... 6-1-1, 6-1-1, and one, but over their last four games, you know, you're 0-3-1. and one. So at, at some point, you're 0-2-1, excuse me. At some point, you know, you needed a spark. Carson Wentz obviously uh, is the spark this football team thinks that it needs. But when you look at the differences between the two quarterbacks, talking about Carson Wentz uh, and Taylor Heineke, it brings up interesting discussion. I mentioned the red zone woes and how Carson Wentz can help in that area. 
one of the big gripes for quarterback Taylor Heineke was that he wasn't getting the football out on time in the red zone. He was hitching before throwing the football. He wasn't trusting uh, what his eyes were seeing. And I think Carson Wentz is somebody who's got a cannon for an arm and isn't going to think twice uh, about letting it go. And ultimately, when you talk about red zone offense, it is the difference sometimes of a split second or a half a second. And hopefully Carson Wentz is able to speed up that process for himself uh, and ultimately help Washington be more successful down in the Met in the red area. So, so despite the missed time and how it looked during the first month of the season, let's be honest, Carson Wentz could potentially bring a lot to the table for this group. Here's offensive coordinator Scott Turner on exactly what Carson Wentz could bring. I think, you know, Carson, the one thing, you know, Carson's excited to get back and play, and he's been preparing um, last couple weeks to play. You know, he was excited to get back in the game. I think, um, you know, I think Coach talked about it. You know, Taylor's been a little beat up. You know, uh, we've had some issues. Some of them have been stuff Taylor done. Some of it hasn't been his control. I think it gives a little bit of a spark um, of Carson coming in. Um, you know, like like we said, he's healthy. Um, he's energized, ready to go. I think, you know, there's not going to see much difference as far as, you know, what we want to do. We still want to be physical, um, you know, and be balanced in that way. Uh, but I think just, the, you know, his excitement and energy coming in will be good. That's offensive coordinator Scott Turner talking to the D.C. media yesterday about, you know, exactly what Carson Wentz could bring to this offense. You saw him and, and saw him bring up the performance against San Francisco. I think what we saw from Carson against the 49ers was super encouraging, right? I don't want to take anything away from that football game. Got the ball out, you know, on time to the right guys versus pressure looks and really just looking like he had more of a grasp of this Scott Turner offense. Wentz played a couple drives and, you know, mostly threw the football underneath against a lot of soft coverage. But he was accurate, right? He threw the ball well, completed 12 of 16 passes for a buck 23 and a touchdown, uh, including that super opening drive that got folks all geeked up. 11 plays, 82 yards and a touchdown. Uh, it ends up being completed, uh, capped off, excuse me, with a 20-yard touchdown pass to Curtis Samuel. 7 to 10, 73 yards and a touchdown on that drive, four different receivers touching the football, and it looked good. It really did. I was pleasantly surprised given the circumstances and the opponent. The big question for me when it comes to Carson Wentz still remains, how much can you read into it, right? Is this something that was a one-off? Is it fluky? Is this something that he can sustain moving forward? Can we trust him to look like this for extended stretches of play? Here's offensive coordinator Scott Turner on what he took away from Carson Wentz's performance versus the 49ers. The first drive, you know, it's a two-score game still at that point. Um, so, and they, you know, they started coming after us with pressures. I mean, I think you just, you evaluate it for, for what it is. I mean, the, the last drive, yeah, they were playing soft, um, you know, at that at that point of the game. Um, but it is it is still, you know, every play, we evaluate every play as far as, like, this is the expectation. Um did you achieve it? And and I think he did a nice job of that. And I completely agree, you know, with the, the, the sentiments echoed by Scott Turner. It was poetic, so to speak. Like, it was poetry in motion. You know, seeing Carson Wentz, although it was brief, but what you saw from him against San Francisco, like I said, given the circumstances an opponent, coming off the bench, playing your first live action in two months, against the league's best defense by far, against the league's fastest defense by far. And it's not like 
I took a lot more away from that opening drive than I did the rest of the stuff because on that opening drive, you're at a point where it's still a two-possession game getting ready to enter the fourth quarter. You were still very much in that game, and based on what we saw from San Francisco defensively, they weren't just sitting back being vanilla and being okay with checkdowns. They were coming after Carson Wentz. We saw them dial up pressure packages on that one series, and to Carson Wentz's credit, despite being out of this you know lineup for two months, Despite this being his first time in this offense, he had answers for every single one of San Francisco's pressure packages. Consistency for me uh, will continue to be the big thing when we talk about Carson Wentz because, like I said, it's one thing to see it in a small sample, right? But how does he look for four quarters? How does he look when an opposing defense has an entire week like the like the Cleveland Browns are going to have to prepare for Carson Wentz? How does it look when they take away your first read? There's still a lot to be, you know, proven from Carson Wentz. Yes, I feel good about what I saw against San Francisco, but man, to go ahead and try to anoint him the guy, not just for the next two games, but potentially coming into next year, a lot could be determined. A lot will be determined here in these next two weeks. We got to see what version of Carson Wentz we're going to get. Because during his first five starts of the season, it was a roller coaster ride with Carson Wentz at the quarterback position. The inconsistencies is something that, based on the current recipe for success of this offense, the inconsistencies they cannot tolerate. They cannot tolerate him not getting the football out on time, and now you're being behind schedule. They cannot live with him holding on to the football too long and getting sacked and not taking what the defense gives them. They need to ultimately, if they're not going to get uh, first downs on first and second, they need to be put consistently in manageable third-down situations. That has been the big formula for Washington since Taylor Heineke's taken over. It's been about their efficiency. Yes, in the red zone, it hasn't been pretty. But in between the 20s, Taylor Heineke's done a damn good job of making sure this group has been on schedule and that they have an opportunity to convert third downs on a regular basis. The big thing is, can Carson Wentz come in and make a seamless transition? Will he throw off the chemistry and timing of this offense? Will he make offensive coordinator Scott Turner get away from the running game? Like I said, consistency when it comes to Carson Wentz being the quarterback of the commanders, consistency will be the big thing that we talk about. So one thing to see it in moderation. But how does he look for four quarters? Can he consistently get the ball out on time and make good decisions That's the area that we saw him struggle during his play earlier in the year. So we know Carson's going to get the start in arguably the biggest game of the season after being on the shelf for the past two months. The question is, what is your confidence level, 1 through 10, in Carson Wentz to lead this group to the postseason? I'll tell you what I think next. Don't go anywhere. This is the fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.